0: num num delivers fresh food with whole ingredients backed by veterinarian science science tells us that a dog's health starts in the bowl so improving their diet is one of the best ways to help them live a long and happy life num num's food is full of proteins your dog loves and the vitamins and nutrients they need to thrive all you have to do is order Pour and serve. Ready to make the switch to fresh? Order Nom Nom today. Go to HTTPS colon slash slash trynom.com forward slash curveball and get 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's HTTPS colon slash slash T-R-Y-N-O-M dot com forward slash curveball plus nom nom comes with a money-back guarantee if your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days nom nom will refund your first order no fillers no nonsense just nom nom welcome to the living the dream podcast with curveball if you believe you can achieve Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by Doug Fleming. He is an author, a U.S. Navy veteran. He is a veteran support advocate, a motivational speaker, life coach, and business consultant. Doug started his military career when he was 17, and now he is helping out in the areas of mental health and veteran support advocacy. So we're going to let him tell his story and talk to him about everything that he's up to. So Doug, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Jackson, it's quite an honor to be a guest. I thank you so much.
0: Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, currently I'm an author with my pen name of D. Paul Fleming. I just published a book called 2,442 Steps to Crazy, The Beginning. It's book one in a series. And uh, the book is about um, uh, trauma and surviving trauma. Um, By way of background, I uh, joined the military at a very young age. I was 17. Had a great run in the military. Got hurt. As I, as I like to say, the Navy tried to kill me a couple times and the VA is still trying to well, tongue in cheek there. Um, after the military, I, I, uh, went to work for myself after a short stint of working for somebody else. I figured, uh, I wasn't getting paid or getting paid well from somebody else. I might as well see if I can not get paid working for myself. And I proved that to be successful, but, um, Things went well for a good period of time after uh, struggling to figure out the construction industry, but I worked for myself for a number of decades. I um, had, to, had to figure out and uh, navigate the pathway through the Veterans Administration and becoming a, a disabled vet, and that's an adventure all by itself. I um, got married, has, I've had six kids, we now I have nine grandchildren, um, in the course of all that, I spent 10 years in Washington, D.C., on an organization called Veterans Entrepreneur Task Force. It was the largest veterans entrepreneurial organization in the country, responsible for public law 109-461, among other things. Uh, It's a great organization, did wonderful things on behalf of veterans. And now I'm I'm fully retired, but I am a uh, veterans advocate. I do consulting work. Um, I, I, I do some spiritual work. I have a deep faith, and uh, and I'm planning on publishing some more books.
0: Okay, so tell the listeners why you decided to join the military and how you became a disabled vet.
1: Well, those are both great stories. Um, I was planning on joining the military, but um, I had a gentleman in a black robe who sat up on a bench overlooking everybody in a particular type of room who was very encouraging for me to return his presence with, um, with some enlistment papers. So while I was planning on joining the military, I, I was done so with a little bit of encouragement. Um, but I, was, uh, I, had a, I had a rather challenging upbringing. I was on my own at a young age. Um, but I managed to get through high school, get my diploma. Uh, quite a struggle, but I, but I pulled it off. And then I joined the military, like I said, at 17. And by the time I was 19, I'd already been all the way around the world. If anybody's ever seen the uh, movie, The Hunt for Red October, or read Tom Clancy's book um, of the same namesake, I was on that boat, the USS Dallas. In fact, they, uh, right before I got discharged, one of the guys on the boat went to Hollywood as a technical advisor for a couple of weeks. Anyway, in the course of serving the country, I got hurt, um, doing what you do in the Navy, and they uh, discharged me to the VA, VA sent me a letter saying I'm a disabled vet and that particular adventure started taking its course and an interesting adventure it's been.
0: Okay. Well, I I know in the green room, you you told me that one of your passions is mental health and you would like to talk about mental health and, and all that you're doing to make it a mainstream, mainstream discussion. So go ahead and tell the listeners about it.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great topic and a great subject. Um, one that took me nearly forty decades, or forty four decades, to come to terms with. Well, the uh, well, the physical injuries that I suffered from from serving our country is one thing. What I never got a handle on was the hidden injuries, the mental injuries. And for decades, I I was fit to be tied that uh, that I didn't have PTSD or I didn't have uh, mental issues, trauma related from either my military service or uh, my life prior to the, to the military. Um, but in the course of trying to figure out what was wrong with me, um, I finally came to the realization that, that I had PTSD and the, the VA uh, ended up rating me at 100% disabled with severe PTSD Um, That took a a significant period of time to adjust to uh, just the label. And over the next number of uh, years and even into a a decade, a decade and a half, uh, struggling to figure out what that means and find a path forward with severe PTSD. um, I finally broke down enough where I guess the, the folks in some of the recovery programs say, you got to that, that uh, bottom of the barrel, so to speak. Um, in 2018, I said, I need to find peace. And that's where I threw myself 100% into what some will call recovery. For me, I call it uh, finding a path to peace. And in doing so, um, I learned a lot about mental health. I found ways to become much healthier than I was. Um, and I've learned to, uh, I've learned a lot about spirituality, my own spirituality. I have learned a lot about um, the big picture of mental health, mental health within the VA community and mental health outside the VA community. And then of course, the biggest one of all, mental health amongst my peers, anybody and everybody else that has been through trauma or has suffered um, abuse or um, you know, has been, as I like to say, earned the title of PTSD. Now, um, the book I've written, it's focused with a mission of helping others talk about trauma by talking about my trauma. One thing I've learned is that if you want to learn to heal, if you want to learn to move forward, then you need to learn to talk about your trauma. And as I've gained ground on talking about my trauma, I've released a lot of pain a lot of anguish, and I've begun a healing process. And it's, it's, it's become amazing. I've, I've learned to find my best inner self. And that's something that I focus on every day.
0: Well, you are also a veteran support advocate. So tell us exactly what that is and what you do and all the people that you've worked with to try to help veterans navigate Post uh, military life, and as well as navigate the VA system.
1: Yeah, again, Mr. Jackson, that's another great question, and there's a there's a lot to it. So I'll I'll try to I'll try to stay on bullet points um, on the on the physical injuries and the VA system. Um, I'm I'm pretty passionate and pretty good at helping fellow veterans navigate the VA system. The best organization that I, that I work with is the DAV, Disabled American Veterans. They've always been um, a tremendous advocacy group. And again, all the organizations out there are great. They're, they're all helpful. But the ones that I, or the one that I like to use the most is DAV. But what, along with the DAV, guys like me who have been through the process and uh, learned the ropes, it's, it's very helpful to, uh, for others, for us to help. Navigate and and explain to our fellow vets what's coming. What are you going to be facing? What's it like? And that's on the physical side. When you're dealing with the mental health issues, that's a whole different um, animal, so to speak. And I spend an awful lot of time helping not just fellow veterans, but anybody that's dealing with mental health issues. So I work with vets on the physical issues outside of VA and within the VA. I help fellow vets navigate the VA system, whether it's getting into the system or whether it's getting your disability or your claim processed, and I work with veterans and non-veterans on mental health issues. My focus and my determination is to take this discussion of mental health so mainstream that the discussion or any conversation on mental issues is commonplace, and the word normal fits in, feels like, is part of the everyday discussion.
0: Okay, well, I know you kind of touched on it in the beginning. Your uh, successful construction company started out as, as uh, you know, I know you work with the federal government also, as well as in the private sector. So, tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, when I came out of the service, I had a great set of skills from the military, but I had no worldly knowledge of construction. I had no experience with it, um, but I was fortunate enough that a friend of mine from the military, his brother owned a company, um, went to work in, in, that, in the construction field, residential construction, and I took a liking to it. But more importantly, it, it gave me a purpose, a, a place, because I was learning a trade. I was learning skills so I could see something getting accomplished. Every day. And for me, you know, digging a ditch was an accomplishment. It felt good. It felt like I was doing something. So what I didn't know then and I know now was it's a it's hugely beneficial for people, at least for me or people that I know that are like me that suffer from PTSD. When you get into construction and you're digging a ditch, it it seems like it's mindless, but to us, it's very rewarding. So when I started out in construction, I didn't know anything, but I worked my butt off. I learned a lot. I learned how to, um, how to, how to do carpentry and then siding and roofing. And I went off and started working for myself. And then I decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an old school thing here. And I'm going to learn every piece of what it takes to build a house. It's historically prior to World War II, a carpenter would build a house from ground up. And post-World War II with Levittown in New York, they broke it up into trades: roofing, siding, framing, drywall, um, and and very few people knew how to do every aspect uh, it takes to build a house. Well, that's what I set out to do, and I spent the next number of years and up to a decade learning everything it takes to build a house. Eventually, I went into concrete and heavy concrete, and then and civil construction, meaning excavators and bulldozers and payloaders, and I learned how to develop land and take raw land and turn it into residential housing, and that led to commercial work and other forms of development. Uh, And then the um, housing and construction bust of the mid to late early 2000s um, kind of pushed me into the federal sector. And I spent 10 years inside the federal sector uh, doing work at VA hospitals and um, Army Corps of Engineer projects Fish and Wildlife, it's quite a few agencies we worked for with a, a very diverse set of um, construction projects. It was, it was quite an interesting ride.
0: So you so, also talked about your correct. faith. So tell us about that, because I know your faith is based on your American, Native American heri- heritage. So tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so my wife is Irish Catholic, and my hardcore belief and faith is in my Native American heritage. But at the same time, I have a deep faith and a deep belief and love for the baby Jesus. So while our focus has always been while raising our kids and my wife and I, um, Irish Catholic, church, all the all the stuff that goes along with that, quietly I, I kept my own faith outside of uh, Christianity alive and growing. And... When I decided to find peace in roughly 2018, that's when I really opened the door to my Native Americanism and started uh, re-engaging in that particular sector. And now I, I practice both. I practice my Native American faith, and um, I still deeply believe in the baby Jesus. But I, but um, the book came about because of my deep faith. I honestly. I wanted nothing to do with telling my story and exposing myself to um, all the things, you know, exposing, exposing myself to all the things that are in the book, you know, open to criticism and and questions and so on. Um, But it was my faith that finally pushed me to the point of telling the story. And again, kind of like with faith, you, you don't know why you're being pushed or encouraged to do something. You just know that your faith is taking you down that path. Now the book is out there and I see the results. Um, I understand why my faith was pushing me to put that book out there. To give you one example, um, a veteran uh, came to me and said, "Um, I didn't follow through with committing suicide because of your book. Several weeks before that revelation, I had a VA mental health therapist post a review on Amazon um, about how important it is to tell your story, especially your pre-military story. And as we know, many, many veterans, enlisted veterans, come from some form of broken home or dysfunctional home or some form of troubled upbringing. So when you go through trauma as a child and you go through trauma in the military, you're, you're kind of getting double whammied. And until and unless you start talking about those things, it makes it very difficult to heal and to recover. So for me, my faith has always kept me alive. It's always kept me moving forward. And it's always been the cornerstone of my belief of why I'm here and how and why we should help others.
0: All right. Well, well I know you talked about some, you kind of touched on some upcoming projects that people need to know about. So tell us as much as you can about any current upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about. So with the first book
1: out, 2,442 Steps to Crazy, that's book one in a series. And like I I try to tell people, when you read this book, you're going to want to make sure you have time, Kleenex, and a pillow. Time, because If this book is a page turner, so when you pick it up, you know, make sure you have some time to start reading. Even if you even if you don't keep turning the pages, it's such a thinker that it sticks with you. The pillow is because I guarantee you this book is going to frustrate you. Um, I've had recently some more people say I threw the book across the room. I was so mad at a couple of characters in the book. And I, I say characters, but it's a it's a true story. And then the Kleenex. I guarantee you your nose and your eyes will both be running in this book, but there's also some pretty good funnies in the book. There's, there's some reviews on Amazon that, that tell of um, um, the, the twists and ties of the, of the laughter and then the, the sadness that walk, walk hand in glove as I tell these stories. The other projects that I'm working on, um, I've got a couple of books in the works. One is called warrior. I'm sorry, um, warrior to wise man. And that's kind of a, transition from being a warrior or a soldier into um, helping take all the things you've learned in life and, and, and assisting others with your um, wisdom. Hopefully book two of the crazy series will be out later this year, but the next book out is called the mysteries at the wind of men. So if you like ghost stories, if you like um, mysteries, if you like uh, spiritual stuff tied to um, true events, because the Wyndham Inn is a very real historical place. A friend of mine who spent 20 years in the Navy, um, was a paranormal investigator. And I don't want to tip the, the story, but he did a number of investigations on this building. And um, uh, uh, he, he, he has a lot of information about the, the Wyndham Inn on his website. But in the same breath, there's a lot that hasn't been told. Part of this book is telling those stories. There's also a couple of friends of mine that I grew up with who used to live at the Windermen who came to me and were telling me things that happened to them. So it's tied into the stories of the mysteries at the Windermen. A lot of historical facts, like when the Revolutionary War happened, um, this, this building was engaged in parts of, that, parts of that story. There's a lot of veterans that lived in this building, throughout the decades. So some pretty wild stories that are both spiritual, um, haunting. There's some fiction in there, um, but it's a combination of some pretty, pretty wild stories. Those are the projects that I'm working on personally. Outside of that, on the veterans behalf, we're doing a lot of work to bring mental health issues into the light and helping people talk about their trauma. So the Uh, working with folks to uh, deal with mental health issues. That's kind of my passion, writing the books and telling the stories. That's kind of the leverage behind the passion.
0: Okay. Well, how can everybody keep up with everything that you're up to? You know, throw out your contact information, any websites that you might have.
1: So you can can see all of my good stuff on blackhawkbooks.com www.blackhawkbooks.com. If you want to get a hold of me, um, I'm on social media now. The best place is D Paul Fleming on my Facebook page. Um, I'm on Twitter and um, and a number of other ones, but the best place to get me is on, on Facebook. Um, If you go to my Facebook page, or if you go to blackhawkbooks.com, you can get my email address. If you want to uh, reach out, Um, if you want to buy the book, the easiest way is to buy it on Amazon. It's 2,442 Steps to Crazy, The Beginning by D. Paul Fleming.
0: Okay. And if you go to blackhawkbooks.com, you can also get an autographed version of Mr. Fleming's book. Yes, sir. Closest
1: yes, to John Hancock. Reach out.
0: Absolutely. Close us out with some final thoughts. Maybe if there's something that I forgot to touch on that you would like to talk about, or just any final thoughts you got for the listeners.
1: Yeah, i I want to I want to I want to close out with emphasizing mental health. the The Veterans Administration's position is that 22 veterans commit suicide a day, but that's not the real story. The real story is 40 to 50 veterans commit suicide every single day because roughly 30% of the veterans are plugged into the veterans administration. Those outside thats 70% don't get counted in that number of 22 a day. Now it used to be that Vietnam veterans were the highest demographic of veteran suicide. That demographic is unfortunately shifting and with 20 years plus of war My own personal belief is that if we don't get a handle on mental health, we're going to be staring at 200 veteran suicide a day, or is it 2,000? I don't know, but I'm hoping not to find out. That's why I'm working so hard to tell my story so that I can help others tell their story. And that's just within the veterans community. Outside the veterans community, I was on another podcast where this wonderful young lady was talking about her suicide attempts and how how many people have come forward to me from outside the veterans community to talk about mental health. That's where I'm becoming so passionate about making the discussion of mental health commonplace, mainstream, and remove all stigma from it.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, look him up on Amazon, D. Paul Fleming. Go to his website if you want an autographed copy of his book, blackhawkbooks.com. Check out everything that he's up to. And if you know somebody that's a veteran that needs to check out everything that Doug is doing, give this episode to him. Please follow, rate, share this review, review this episode and share it to as many people as possible. If you have any guests or suggestion topics, send them to cjackson102 at cox.net. As always, thank you for listening. And Doug, thank you for joining us today and and being willing to share your story.
1: Thank you so much, Mr. Jackson. Keep the faith. Keep moving forward.
0: For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.